Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Captain Pierce back, so uh, Charlton back to almost the uh, what you would uh, describe as a full strength side as uh, Ipswich get us underway and they attack the covered end in the first half. Towards Fraser, Dobson with a good header, touchdown by Lee. And Dobson has possession for Charlton out to the left to Washington in space. Washington onside towards the pounds here. Connor Washington saved by Walton Stockley. Charlton the lead. It's a lovely ball out to Connor Washington. He couldn't converse a save by Walton, but there's Charlton's top scorer to finish for the Addicts. And after 26 minutes, they have the lead. I did say that he will just continue to make that run off the shoulder over and over and over again. And if you don't cover it off as a centre half, you're going to have opportunities against you like we've just seen. Ignores him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work. Gilby turns inside, can he finish? Yes, he can! Super goal from John. Just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated, too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby, who does superb, superbly well to hold his man off, and drills it to the right-hand side. His right-hand side gives Wharton no chance at all. And Charlton surely now put the game to bed. Yeah, and I'll rewind it a little bit further than that, Terry, to, to Connor Washington's patience in the corner. He could have easily gone into the corner to wind the clock down. He skipped over two challenges, came out. But the build-up play is absolutely magnificent. One from Elliot Lee with the ball through. And one, the timing of Gilmey's run because he wanted it square initially off of Elliot Lee. When it didn't come, he noticed the pocket of space in front of him. He charged into it. The ball through to him is exquisite. He still had a little bit to do. I've got to be honest, the skill after that, when he takes the first touch and then cuts inside on his right foot to open up the far corner is brilliant. And that allows him to just stroke it past Walton in the Ipswich goal. And it's no more than we deserved. I've got to be brutally frank. Should have been over a long time ago, this game. First challenge. And there is the final whistle. The referee brings the halt to the game. A game that the Addicts were looking to bounce back from the disappointment of Shrewsbury, and they've done that and then some.
Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and on this evening's show we will be looking back at that sumptuous tuna win over Ipswich Town in the week and of course ahead to Saturday's home clash with Cambridge United at the Valley. Joining me to do that first up a man who I'm sure uh, enjoyed the fact he has Ipswich supporting relatives during the week Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing Tom? Very good thank you. I enjoyed the word sumptuous as well. Yeah. What part Excellent of, choice. Yeah what part of Wales is Ipswich in then? I don't really understand uh, how this works ve- in your family. Yeah, family. very remote, remote Wales. Yeah. Sort of Suffolk Wales. Yeah, so, if uh, anything, yeah. as far away as possible from Wales uh, uh, as it could be. But there Pretty we go. Much. Another yep. man who uh, likes to spend his time as far away as possible from Suffolk or Wales uh, is, of course, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Not bad, mate. It's a good thing that you brought out Sumptuous. It's such my middle name. Is Just it? a little it's fact for you all. Nathan oh, yeah. Sumptuous Nathan Muller. Sumptuous. <laughs> Sounds like a little wrestling name, doesn't it? A mud wrestling name. Whatever videos you uh, are available in on the internet, put them in. Put just send us them, and I'll share the link on Twitter. No, um, so uh, on tonight's show, then uh, we just heard the goals from that performance against Ipswich Town. I mean, right up there with one of the best performances of the season. It's all coming together absolutely gloriously under Johnny Jackson. We're going to hear from the still amazingly uh, caretaker boss. Uh, Jacko. Uh, later on, we're going to hear from one of the goal scorers as well. Alex Gilby broke his duck uh, the other day. Um, we're going to hear, of course, from Jacko ahead of the game with Cambridge as well and on the cup draw as well. Loads to talk about. We've got your emails uh, and your tweets as well. But, I mean, Tom, we heard it there. I've described it as sumptuous. How else would you describe that performance against Ipswich Town? Uh, delicious. Uh, one-sided. Yeah, dominant. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, It was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And I put it on Twitter at the end of the game or just after that second goal went in that the longer it stuck at 1-0, I was just getting more and more nervous because we've seen it happen enough times that you dominate a game like that. They hadn't even had a shot on target and you just thought it only takes one moment and we could end up drawing this game, which would have been an absolute travesty. But we got that second goal. We should have had five or six. I didn't think Ipswich were up to much, but you've still got to put them away. And uh, yeah, I know we've joked about the amount of games I've seen. I've seen the majority of our home games and and that's by far the best I've seen us play this season. Uh, And as you said at the start, it's all coming together, probably just in time for Thomas to announce a different manager or something mad. But so far, so good. Uh, Obviously, we'd had that little blip, haven't we, against Morecambe and Shrewsbury, but came back with a bang, nice bumper crowd, a team that are expected to do well and have spent a lot of money, uh, dispatched them relatively easily and hopefully have a lot of confidence going into the weekend. So, yeah, at about four o'clock in the evening uh, on Tuesday when it was pouring down with rain, I wasn't even sure the game was going ahead. So for it to not rain, not actually be that cold, and to get the win, I was yeah very pleased with uh, with Tuesday night. Yeah, it really was just one of, one of those nights where you, you were so glad to, to be there at the Valley. Again, they had the Fill the Valley initiative where well, 26,000 were announced as, as the actual attendance. I think obviously, it was a fair whack lower than that. But those who were there did see that that delicious one-sided contest that, that Tom mentioned. Delicious and one-sided like a, a pizza or a piece of toast or something. Now, if it really was like... Some, I mean, some of the football we were playing in that game was like it was a different level to what we've seen so far this season. Like we really upped it, and that's something that I asked Jacko about. And, and he said that now they've they've sort of he, now he's got his feet under the table and he's been work, he's worked on all that out of possession stuff. Now it's focusing on what we're doing when we got the ball, and you could see that really as as I said coming together. We were pinging it around like like we haven't been doing at, at, at times this season, even in the good run that we've been under Jackson. Yeah, I think the um, I think the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes, I thought we gave him a little bit too much respect. Um, 
and we were sort of just trying to grind to the game. But yeah, as you say, when we got going, uh, especially the second half, there were some pieces of play that you know there were little, you know, little chips into the forward line. There was little flicks. There were little round the corners, and yeah, no, we played some really good stuff. And um, Elliot Lee started getting on the, the ball a lot more, and yeah, they, we were playing some really really nice stuff. And um, but as, you know. As, one nil, you know. Tom said, "There's uh, anything can always happen." But I mean, in terms of the football and the stats, don't lie. We had a lot of a lot of chances. It wasn't, you know, that we just had a load of the ball between, you know, our defenders and our midfielders. We we were doing and a lot with the ball and penetrating quite easily. But um, it was lovely to watch, and it was difficult again. It's, like we've said it a few times that it's difficult to pick who your man of the match was, but. Yeah, it was really nice to watch, and um, it looks like they're growing in confidence. Um, and as the famous saying is, you know, winning breeds confidence, and confidence breeds results. So, um, yeah, no, it's brilliant to watch. There were some bits of passage of plays that were really, really impressive. Mm, yeah, and, and I guess actually the, the importance of it, and you did sort of mention it earlier, Tom, is the fact it came on the back of those those games against Morecambe and Shrewsbury. Um, and again, I don't think it made the clip actually because it was right at the end. But I, I asked Jacko. Um, about all those people who had said what happens when we lose a game. And he said, oh, I knew we were going to get a reaction. That's exactly what we got. Obviously, we had that buffer of the two cup wins in between, which probably helped. But that that performance, to, to go from that Shrewsbury game where we were a bit off it, obviously with players missing, including Jaden Stockley, who got the opening goal, to go from that to the performance we put in against Ipswich, yeah, 20 minutes, took us a while to get our feet under the table. But after that, we absolutely blew them away. Yeah, totally. And I think context is important. If you... If you beat Ipswich, a team that you're maybe expected to struggle against because they've spent a lot of money and, and whatever, and then you go to Morecambe or Shrewsbury and that result happens, it kind of feels like, well, you, you kind of balances out, if you like, because you've won the game you didn't expect to and you've lost the game you expected to win. But I think the other way around, actually, the context is even more important because you're coming off a couple of tough results against sides you expected to beat and it's very easy for your confidence to be knocked there. So when you come up against a a bigger player, if you like, and despite their start to the season, they are still a big big player in this league, you're kind of thinking, right, we need to turn this around and this is actually quite a tough game for us to do it. But I thought they played into our hands. As you said, the, the first 10 minutes, actually, I thought they probably were the better side. But once we probably stopped showing them that respect that Nath mentioned and started to knock the ball around, I just thought we we just blew them apart. And, and as I say, I would have taken just some scrappy 1-0 off the back of the two results before. But actually it was our best performance of the season. And, and as you've both said, some of the intricate one touch movement in that final third, you know, it wasn't the, the chant that are just knocking around the back four. It was, it was intent. It was direct. It was forward passing. And as I say, we have started to see that under Jacko, but it was, it was just a hundred times better than anything we've seen before. And that's very encouraging. And I'm sure we're not going to be able to see that every week. Um, but to see it in front, as I say, against a team that, have the reputation they've got and have spent the money they have is, is very, very impressive. And uh, yeah, off the back of those two results, even more so. Nathan, you know more about sort of tactics coaching than I do. I know you've done, you've done badges and stuff, but it, it certainly seemed like there was a plan to, you know, in that second half, we were playing it around in triangles, getting them pulled out a bit and then finding the space behind them. In, in the first half, the first goal came from Dobson. Like we sort of won the ball high up and then again, space behind them on, on the left-hand side. It felt like that was something we were we were sort of targeting and, and, and obviously it led to loads of chances in the second half and it led to that, that goal in the first half as well. Yeah, there was always, um, even Parrott, and there was a few chances where Parrott didn't, didn't even get the ball when he probably should have been past the ball because uh, we were creating overloads. Never far away from slagging him off, are you? No, no, to be fair, again, I thought we had a good game, but 
I, I was saying there was a few times where we like Perriton was he should have been slid through down the channel, but we came back inside. But um, yeah, we kept. But they they defended quite narrow second half, and we, there was a load of space on that, especially where I was sitting. Obviously, Perriton running towards me somewhere at the right hand side of the cover then. But yeah, there was loads of loads of chances that we could have got, and and they couldn't really deal with the one touch and, and the space that we were creating with you know Dobbo again brilliant, Lee's obviously pass for for Gilbs and they couldn't really deal with us and it was weird because as soon as we scored that first goal they just literally it just knocked the stuffing out of them which I thought they'd, with the players they had and even the, the, you know the guys they didn't even bring on um, I thought they were going to offer a little bit more but. Um, yeah, just the way that we were we were moving the moving the ball and making the pitch big, and getting our good players who can make things happen on the ball was was brilliant to watch. And it was it, the difference now is that the players want the ball, whereas a lot of times before, a lot of players were hiding. So you know they were good on the ball, but they just didn't want it. You know, I think before Gilby was just sort of he had the same energy, but he wasn't getting the ball in the right areas. And now him and Lee and Dobbo, they're all getting on the ball. And um, doing what they're good at. Yeah. Now, what more can be said about Connor Washington, Tom? Because I think we've said it every week, but he's getting better and better and better. Um, you know, he's. I said it on on Tuesday. He's just he's just a finish away, as in someone who can consistently finish his chances from from being a, a top top striker. You know, probably at the level above. But he doesn't quite have that. But he has absolutely everything else to his game. And it was his running, tireless running again that that led to the first goal for Jaden Stockley. Yeah, and I, I think you probably forgive him for that because of everything else that he brings. I, I've said it, I don't know how many times on this podcast, I think he deserves more praise for how, how well he played last year. Um, and he's just kicked on another level, as you say, this year as well. The the energy, and it's not just energy, it's targeted energy. So he's not just running around you know, like a headless chicken. He's chasing balls down, and when he gets the ball... His skill, I mean, there are a couple of turns, again, which we'd seen, uh, I think in the FA Cup game, he made an amazing turn to get away from a player. Did a couple of them again on on Tuesday night to just get away from players. And the ball sticks to him. He's intelligent. He looks up. He finds other passes. Uh, He just, as you say, apart from that final finish on occasions, he is the complete player. And I'm so impressed with him. And it's made such a difference having two up top. He's got that slight Josh Parker feel to Lyle Taylor in that obviously Stockley is getting the headlines with all the goals and stuff whereas obviously Josh never scored for us but put a lot of work in and I think a lot of us credits him for the work he did in the back end of that season I'm not going to directly compare the two because I think Washington's a better player but I just think that that work ethic and that energy and that willingness to, to run everything down is just such a huge part of why this team is performing well and he is scoring goals as well. Maybe, as you say, not as many as we would like. And he is could have had a hat-trick on Tuesday night if he'd been a bit more clinical. But I'm sure that will come. And I'm sure he would admit himself that he'd like a few more goals. But, yeah, apart from that finishing, I, I just think it was it was almost faultless from him. And, and we've seen that high level of performance week in, week out from him. So, yeah, long may that continue as well, particularly until January, because they're really the only two strikers we've got to rely on. Mm, yeah, and it was one of those in that second half, chance after chance after chance being created, all this excellent football, and we just it just felt like we weren't going to finish it off. But as Charlton fans, it's always at the back of your mind, oh God, what's going to happen? But Ipswich never threatened. You know, Macaulay Bond, we know what he's like as a striker. You know, he's got a decent goal return this season, but he has games like that where he's just not in it at all. Um, and then at the other end, we, we uh, you know, funny enough, I thought Elliot Lee was he was busy, but again, he's 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 
passing was a bit off on Tuesday, but then he finally found the right pass at the right time for, for Alex Gilby. But he still had so much to do for that goal, you know, and I backed him a few weeks ago um, to, to start scoring quite soon. And, and he's done it now. And you expect that that's going to happen over and over over the next few weeks now with, with Alex Gilby. No. Of course it will. I think if he keeps getting in those positions, and there's been a few times where he probably should have been should have, uh, should have done better, really, um, if he'd been quick all over it. But I think what he makes up, I think that you know his work ethic and the machine and the set of lungs the guy's got, and he makes up for it anyway. But yeah, great finish. And ever since he's come back into the side, he's a different a different player. And I think if he ever gets injured or gets suspended, he's one of those players where I don't think, even though we've got other players in midfield like the Harry Arters and you know and, and Albie Morgan and stuff I don't think he's one of those players that we ain't really got a backup for um, but I mean yeah he's got the technical ability he can play he can play more advanced like he has he can sit deep if he needs to but I think he'll be wasted sitting deep but because um, he, he was quite deep for a lot of his MK career but I think yeah he's just done brilliantly done brilliantly and um yeah, again, it's just like just watching it. There was that moment in the, I think it was the second half, where he literally just took on like half of their team, and it was just willing for him to, you know, to get it in. And he just, we ended up getting a corner out of it. But it's things like that that you know that the fans love to see because you know he's going to give you a hundred and ten percent, like all the lads are at the moment. Of course they are, but Alex Gilby just he just doesn't stop like defensively, offensively. Um, he's just got a bit of everything, and he's just that all-round midfielder. He can do a bit of of uh, tackling and shooting, passing, like whatever you want him to do, and hopefully he can, um, yeah, carry on his goal scoring form. Because I said on Twitter the other day, I was delighted that he notched in the end because he certainly deserves it over his performance so far. Yeah, it's another clean sheet as well. Obviously, Jason Pierce back in the side, massive asset he's been this season, you know, sort of answered a lot of his critics and I think we were probably in, in and amongst that group sort of this time last year when he was up up with Deji Osolajo who I still blame um, and, and was struggling but he, he's come back end of last season start of this season when he's got his chance and he's been brilliant you know obviously there was one classic Pierce moment when he rugby tackled it might have been Bond one of the Ipswich players but other than that he was, he was pretty flawless again even for Jason Pierce, that was the most blatant rugby tackle I think I've ever seen on a football pitch it was, uh, it was lovely to see but yeah I think that that back four obviously had a little bit of... They've been unsettled, haven't they? Because things have changed around and everything. And then they moved to a back three as well. And then there's still been injuries. So there's been a lot of change in there. But I think the the consistency of someone like Famwo, the the improvements in someone like Ben Purrington, has meant that when those other players have come in, actually, it, it's not been too bad and it's not had too much of an effect. And I mean, we know what Pierce is about. You know the sort of game that he likes to play and... I think in the championship a couple of years ago, that was exposed a little bit. And I know he gave away a few penalties and he just looked that little bit off the pace. But to drop down a level at League One, I think he can still he can certainly still perform at this level. Um, he puts the tackles in, as you say, he's, he's physical, he's robust. Uh, and with McGilvery behind them, I think they're just starting to build a bit of a unit now, which, as I say, considering the amount of changes they've had to do, it is not easy because it hasn't been settled there. But... Yeah, I thought he was a very assuring presence. And I think the big thing compared to the, the Adkins start to the season is the people we're talking about are the people who we were having the issue with. So like the midfield, we were just getting bypassed week after week after week. And now we've just spent, what, 10, 15 minutes talking about those three in midfield, Gilby, Lee and, and Dobson, as probably the three best players on the pitch. And same at the back, we were shipping goals all over the place. And doesn't I know the personal has changed a lot, but in terms of, 
the pool of players we're picking from. It's that same group. And yet now they're putting in consistently getting clean sheets and putting in good performances. So Jacko deserves so much credit for turning that around because, as I say, they're the same group of players, really. You know, Sean Clare and George Dobson were being absolutely hounded in the early parts of the season. And now they're coming in and, and hitting sevens or eights out of tens every single week. So it's just so encouraging to see because that's the the sign of a real true good coach someone who can just improve performances from existing players and that's exactly what Jacko's doing you've got to take a, a quick look at Ipswich as well obviously a, a team that if we are to make a push for the playoffs you'd expect Nave to be up there with us um, I mean not based on Tuesday though crikey they were dreadful um, you know John McGrill came in after and you know praised their warm-up and it was a cracking warm-up to be fair it's up there with one of the best warm-ups I've seen this season Nath but it didn't translate into a performance on the pitch did it <laughs> no not at all and I think again I said after the game that was probably the uh the easiest well maybe not Doncaster that was easy but it was a lot easier than I t- anticipated I just had a bad feeling with Bon and Piggott there and I just thought oh, something could go a bit wrong here but no, I just thought Bond struggled against any physical presence like he did for us, really. Um, I think Pierce had in his pocket. And like you say, you look at their um, their bench, you know, Connor Chaplin and Joe Piggott coming off the bench. They, you know, even those two should be starters, probably 98% of the teams in this division. And obviously without Christian Walton, he's on loan from Brighton, isn't he? So I think, well, he was at Brighton. I don't know if he's gone there permanently at Ipswich. But... Yeah, he's on loan. But he was, he was getting involved. At, like The fact that he was getting pushed and shoved by the Ipswich fans after the, after the game as well, it's madness. He was yeah, a really good madness. player. Yeah, without, without him, it would have been seven, six, seven, eight. And then you look at, you've got Sam Morsey, he's an international, you know, Scott Fraser, Kyle Edwards used to play for Spurs, Sonia Luco, Vincent Young. You've got loads of players there. And when you look at that team sheet or look at the squad list, you're looking at it going, oh, this could be a bit tasty, this one. Do you know what I mean? But we literally kept them to nothing. They didn't want it. I mean, it's like, but it's all right having all these players, but we wanted it more. And you can tell that. And probably the Ipswich fans kicked off at the end, probably because they saw that as well. But mm. um, but yeah, no, I thought we were brilliant all round. And But it's just, you know, we know we, we're not going to be like that every single week, you know. But we've got to enjoy these moments when they come because we absolutely pasted him which was uh, quite funny an absolute pasting a Christmas pasting right um, this time last week in fact it was eight days ago because we did the pre-match game against uh, the pre-match show before Gateshead a day early I hinted saying oh, just in case Jacko's made a permanent manager blah 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 by the time still hasn't happened right we're eight days hence I'm absolutely baffled so I am still going to introduce this interview uh, as the post-match reaction to the Ipswich win from the caretaker boss Johnny Jackson I think that might be that might be the best one yet uh, it's hard, you know, you're just just after the game, obviously. Adrenaline's still pumping, emotions are high, but I thought we was completely dominant in the game and wondering how we came further ahead, you know, before we did get the second. So, um, yeah, in, in my immediate reflect, reflection, I think it's probably the best performance yet. Obviously, I'll have to watch it back and uh, make that sort of assessment, but it doesn't matter, does it really? We've got the win and I'm really pleased with it. It would have been a travesty if you hadn't got that second goal late on because trying to have won that goal by that game by one goal to nil would have been too slender for for the performance that you put in. It would have been, but at one nil, you're only a you know a lucky deflection or a ricochet or or them creating something because they got good players away from from perhaps it going one one, and uh, that would have been I'd have been really really disappointed with that like for my players because they wouldn't have deserved it for the. 
for the shift and the performance they put in, I would have been I'd have been devastated for them and, and for everyone really because uh, that performance warranted more. Some of the sort of intricate football that they played tonight felt like they'd gone up a level as well. Yeah, I, I think we're improving all the time. We're building. Uh, that's a fine. Obviously, when I first come in, my immediate priorities was to look at the the shape and the out possession stuff and get us pressing and stuff like that. But we, over time, you know, you want to build. You want to build the in-possession stuff, and I think we're, you know we're starting to do that, and that's obviously a working process. You know, that's you need you need longer term, you need pre-seasons, you need chances to work on different things. Uh, with the schedule that we've got, we've had real limited time on the uh, on the training pitch. So, for them to be producing the stuff and taking on board the stuff that that, that I'm asking of them, I just can't speak highly enough of them. It, feel, it feels wrong to be singling out players again, but again, Connor Washington's running. It's, it's giving you the first goal. It's giving you so many chances throughout the game tonight. I mean, he, he shows time and time again what an asset he is to your team. He does, and yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right about Connor. But we know we know what he gives to us, so we play to his strengths. It's not, you know, it's not a fluke that he's getting in because we we work on that. And we know we know what his movements like. We know where he likes to run, and we know how to put it in those sort of areas. And at times, I think we can do it even more uh, because of the, the threat that, that them two pose up there with, you know, Jaden's physicality and, and Connor's movement and ability to run on, on the on the top line. I think it's something that we, you know, that we could utilise even more. But obviously, it's a, it's a big strength to our team. And Alex Gilby was getting loads of goals towards the end of last season. He'd say probably that's been the only thing that's been missing from his game this season. And he showed a bit of composure in front of the goal that perhaps was the only thing missing in, in the second half today. Yeah, great finish. Uh, delighted for Gilbs, I really am because I think he's been outstanding for me, and uh, he's been knocking on the door. And he's had he's had a few chances, and I know that he's been frustrated with himself. We've had, you know, we spoke about it. He's been frustrated with himself that he hasn't popped up with a goal yet. So um, I think his performance on the night, you know, would, to round it off with a goal was 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 the least he deserved. I thought he was outstanding. What more do you have to do now for that that announcement to be made? Because um, the Charlton fans are getting a bit impatient now. Yeah, I mean, it's a question uh, for Mr Sangard, isn't it? But um, like I say, you probably don't believe me, but <laughs> when I keep saying it, but we are in, in positive discussions and, um, you know, I'm hopeful that, that that we can get it sorted soon. Obviously, performance like, like that are only going to help, aren't they? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Jaden Stockley. Charlton Live. Here we go. Welcome back to the big match preview. Uh, just before the break, we heard from the caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. Tom, what the hell's going on? What the hell is going on? Ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I know we've joked about it week after week, and again, we probably sound like a broken record, but this is getting slightly uh, offensive to Johnny Jackson now because we understood the patients. You understand that they want to get the right man in. But I think we said it four or five weeks ago. The right man is clearly here. You look at the results. Um, you look at, as I just said in, in my previous answer, the way he has galvanised the, the current crop of players. You look at the players, the amount of players that have come out and said they want him to get the job. You look at the amount of external sources now that are coming out and saying, we can't believe he hasn't been given the job. You know, someone like Ipswich are just sat there looking for a manager. There's no reason they wouldn't approach him. Um, so it's it's absolutely mad now. And, and uh, Thomas is obviously here to try and sort this managerial thing out. But I don't understand what the hold up is now. Because there's a man there who's not only doing the job well, but clearly wants the job. And everybody wants him to get the job. And he's doing a good job. I, I don't understand what it is. And people's patience with, with Thomas is going gonna, is gonna to go the wrong way now. Particularly with the other news we're going to come on to talk about, about some of the other decisions he's making. I don't, uh, I'm so glad he's here. I'm glad he, he saved the club and he's done a lot of good here. But this is just one of those silly little things that's very easy and a very quick win. And I, I don't understand what the holdup is. Nave, can you see any good reason? I mean, Jacko did say there when we spoke to him that, you know, you won't believe me, but it's, it is close. We're in positive discussions. It's up to, up to, uh, to, to Mr. Sangard. Um, I mean, I can't get my head around what hasn't happened yet. I do feel like is, I do feel like we're close. That are, that is the indication, but it's just the fact it's still holding up. It's, it, it just feels weird. Like other clubs can get managers in a lot quicker than this. Quicker than we got rid of our manager as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know from looking at it just straight away, it does look a bit weird. But I don't. For me, I don't. I I really don't think it's a case. In my opinion, I don't think it's a case that. Thomas is looking elsewhere. I can. I'm only attributing it to terms or you know remuneration or something like that. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, what the hold up is because they're still negotiating. I would imagine. Um, so I'm not. I'm not really panicking. It is a bit weird that's not happened yet. Um, but I'm not necessarily panicking about if we're going to get someone else. But listen, it's football and strange things happen. So I might be completely wrong. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will get sorted, but I am so impatient. <laughs> I just want it to happen now. Uh, right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in. David says, hi, Louis. Great performance uh, on Tuesday. The only downside for me were the uh, pitch invaders, all good-natured uh, from the home end, but it only takes one incident to see a player get injured. The same thing happened at another game this week, happening uh, too often, unfortunately. Yeah, it was... Um, you know, obviously, we saw a few from the Ipswich end who were dealing with their own players in a way that they shouldn't really be dealing with players, but there was a load of kids come on from our end, one of which filmed themselves put it on twitter and added the club like they did delete it after but that is like the worst grassing of yourself i've ever seen i don't know why you did it to be honest tom no i don't i mean <laughs> like pitch invading when you've just beaten doncaster in the playoffs and you're going to wembley i get pitch invading when you've beaten ipswich 2-0 in a season where you've been pretty rubbish i just don't but uh, yeah obviously he deleted that tweet and realized what might <laughs> the problem might be with doing that so uh Hopefully we'll see him at the Valley again, but maybe in the stands rather than on a pitch. Yeah, well, yeah, he, didn't, he certainly didn't impress me with his performance on the pitch, I think. Um, uh, he hasn't earned a contract yet. Right, Al says it's getting a bit embarrassing now and ridiculous that Jacko hasn't been announced. I hope it's not till the end of the season, uh, like some reports. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's something that was... 
mooted to me as a question would, would you think he might get it to the end of the season by someone a few weeks ago and I weren't really sure Nath if that would be insulting at the time I think now it'd be insulting if he only got it to the end of the season well yeah I mean it's, it's, it's the, maybe I don't know again just being devil's advocate is Thomas if that is the case is it you know more or less the lines of if he gives you know Jacko a three year contract and things go southwards then he's got another big payout, maybe in the same season. But then, then he can't know. hire any manager then, because no manager well, will come into the club on a, a contract until the end of the year. No, not that, yeah, that's what I mean. So that maybe that could be what the hold-up is in terms of if there is a fee, if things don't work out, for example. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think at the end of the season would be a bit of a, you know, a smack in the plums personally. But I think even if you got like, even if you got what an eighteen-month contract, you know, that's not. And you look at the sort of the lifespan of managers nowadays. Not a lot of managers are here forever, but it just depends what you know what he wants. I'm about to say Roland, then <laughs> it depends what Thomas wants. Really, um, he's got a bit. If he wants, to... <laughs> it's, it's like uh, depends what he wants. If he wants to build, you know, stability, then get Jacko in. Yeah. But I just think he's looking at it as a business, which you've got to do. We've all got to understand that if we take off our, our take, you know, speak from our heads, but. I mean, yeah, I think end of the season will be a bit of a yeah. bit of a uh, insult. Yeah, use your head, not your plums, knife. And actually, because it's Christmas, come on, let's keep the Christmas reference. It's a slap in the in the sugar plums. Uh, right, next <laughs> next message uh, says uh, from Matt says I think we could have possibly won by more uh, on Tuesday. Ultimately, there was an unbelievable performance from every single one of the players. Ipswich didn't really seem up to uh, to getting going. Uh, and I think that's because we simply didn't allow them to do so. Johnny says, probably our best performance this season, strong, hungry and determined, feeling pretty confident for Saturday and hopefully the announcement of Jacko beforehand. Paul says, excellent, Charlton display, all running for each other above all. Uh, referee was good too. Credit where it's due. Secure Jacko uh, so he can at least plan and offer contracts and uh, to current and new key assets coming through uh, in January. Keep up the good work on the podcast. That's from Paul. Cheers, Paul. Uh, Platt, he says, outstanding performance on Tuesday. All the players played very well. Dobbo and Gilby and Connor uh, were the men of the match in Platty's uh, Platty's uh, mind. Uh, question, uh, can that 11 or 12 continue this weekend? The depth of cover up front and uh, three key men in midfield is weak. Any missing uh, or with uh, with no legs will impact us. Yeah, I understand that. They, they, they could get uh, tired. But yeah, he wants to see uh, Jacko announced soon as well. Alan says the confidence is high. Uh, it's the best we've played this season. Gutted we could only score two. I was nervous till the second finally went in in case Ipswich scored for an undeserved draw. Cambridge will be harder uh, than people think. Uh, with them also on a higher, but we should have enough for them. Spenny says it was the best performance of the season. The whole team played well, should have scored more, but we totally controlled the game. The playoffs are still achievable, but can't afford too many slip-ups. Surely Thomas can see the difference that Jacko uh, has had since he's taken over. Let's get him announced as manager. And Les says it was one of the most one-sided 2-0 victories I've seen for a while. If their keeper hadn't played so well, it would have been four or five. Let's hope they can keep up the energy levels on Saturday and we have another big crowd starting to enjoy watching the football again yeah it's been really really enjoyable down at the valley last few weeks isn't it right let's hear uh, from one of the men who's been a reason for that of course uh, Alex Gilby finally got uh, off the mark with his uh, first goal of the season late on in uh, the Ipswich game I asked him how pleased he was with the goal and the performance yeah great performance from the lads um, obviously we knew Ipswich were a top side just lost their manager and I knew they'd come here and be up for it and we had to match their intensity and I think we've done that run all over them and 
really good result and yeah, nice to finally get a goal. So, a lot to build on. I say that for yourself, that's probably been the only thing missing from, from some of your performances this season. So, to, to get the, the one that kills the game off as well after such a good display from the whole side must have been doubly pleasing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I need, need to add goals to my game. Um, I'm getting in a lot of good positions and it ain't quite dropping for me. So, yeah. Jacko's been giving me a bit of stick, so it's nice to see it finally at the back of the net. It's not, it's not a problem you tended to have too often at the end of last season, you were scoring quite a few, weren't you? So did you just feel it was just going to take one to sort of break that duck? Yeah, definitely. I feel like once I get one, hopefully they start flowing. So I've been waiting patiently for it, uh, missed some good chances. So it's, it's good to finally see it at the back of the net. So I was asking Johnny if, if he felt that that was Charles' best performance this season. From the sidelines, I think it was probably my favourite. What did you make of it? Yeah, definitely. Especially with how good the fans were like on the Tuesday night. like It was unbelievable. So... It was a really good performance. I feel like Plymouth was good, but I think we've topped that. So now it's just, can we take it into Saturday against Cambridge? Obviously, as, as a little sort of the, the central midfield three, you, you and Dawson and Lee have sort of built up a really nice partnership as well over the last week. How, how do you find playing with those two? Yeah, brilliant. Obviously, me, um, El and Dobbo all cast all together as well. So we're a real close group of lads. So it's just making it easier for me when I've got El and Dobbo next to me and just we're all running for each other, we're grafting for each other. So Jacko keeps telling us to win the battles in the middle of the park and that's what we're doing. Does so that help in the car? So would you like discuss tactics in the car when you're away to go? Yeah, well, mainly we just battered Dobbo the whole way in. But no, it has been really good, obviously. Thanks to them, obviously, they're helping me perform really well. So hopefully, long may it continue. Obviously, um, well, for, for a player like Dobbo, he's, he's one of the ones who's come back in on, under Jackson and, and it's been a real lift for him. I mean, as a... As a player who's been at the club a bit longer, have you sort of had to guide him through that difficult start to the season now? And we're seeing like a player who's really grabbed his chance with, with both hands there. Yeah, Dobbo, since obviously Jacko's come in, he's been unbelievable. Obviously, I know what, how it felt to be left out because I went through it last season. So, obviously, I was always there to help him. Um, but he's a really mature lad, Dobbo. So, he knew he'd been in it before as well. So, he knew he was waiting for his chance. He stayed fit, he stayed strong. And obviously, he's got his chance since Jacko's come in and he's been unbelievable. So, fair play to him. Some of, the, some of the football that Trump were playing tonight was like a different level to what we've seen even in, in, in the better parts of this season. Do you feel like it's sort of stepped up again and do you feel Johnny's sort of playing a big part in, in how you started to play recently again? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the lads love Jacko. Obviously, he's been absolutely brilliant. So I feel like this season we've, we've won some games where we've competed really well, run hard, but haven't quite been that good on the ball. And I feel like tonight it's all come together and we've been really good on, on and off the ball. So you have to be against top sides. So I feel like it's come together tonight and we've done really well. The players as impatient as the fans are for, for Jacko to be given the full-time job because there's, there's plenty of eager for it to happen sort of yesterday now, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, me personally, I feel like I'm desperate for him to, to be announced now. So hopefully something gets sorted. Um, the lads love him. So we're just hoping that it can be sorted out and then we can keep kicking on. Great to hear from Alex Gilby there. I love the fact that, so not only, Tom, is it him, Elliot Lee, and, and obviously George Dobson in the midfield, and they have that great understanding, but they also all, they cast school into work as well. So, I mean, obviously he jokes to say he spends most of the time taking the mick out of Dobbo, but that that sort of connection they have in that car journey, it, it does make them want to run that extra yard for each other in that midfield, that midfield that's been so effective for us over the last few weeks. I mean, Dobson in particular, I thought he was absolutely, absolutely brilliant again on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think Dobson probably would have been my man of the match, although, again, hard to pick because they're all so good. And yeah, it does sound a little bit silly, but I, I think it's really important. And you go back to that 2011 squad, we had, what was it? Do they call themselves the, the Essex mob or whatever? And you had, Morrow and, and Wilson and, and Jacko and players, maybe Ben Hamer as well, all coming down together from from the same place. And I think it, it makes a huge difference. You know, like ultimately any job you do, you want to like your colleagues. So 
if you're traveling in with them as well and you've got that relationship off the pitch, it's only going to help them on the yeah, I wish on that was the, the case on this podcast. Wasn't it? Well, yeah, this is why we continue to do it remotely, obviously. So, uh, yeah, not quite the same vibe here. But, look, I think it's really important. I think the worry is, as one of the, the emails or tweets just said, what happens if one of them gets injured? Because we have got quality. You know, Harry Art is a good player. Uh, Jay uh, Forstakowski, whenever he comes back, good player. You know, we've got other players that can slot into that midfield and do a job. Albie Morgan's shown glimpses, but you don't want to break that up. And, and if you do, how will that affect the game? So that's the only thing that you've got to be slightly concerned about. But if so long as those three keep playing like they are at the moment, like I say, they're all just making each other better and better and better. Um, so, yeah, long may that continue. Excellent stuff. Right, um, got a couple of uh, emails to have a look at. Uh, as well. Lee Fender says, uh, Evening, Louis. What a match that was. The boys just get better and better. We have a squad of players that play every minute for the shirt for Jacko. I noticed in uh, Jacko's interviews, he says, My team and my players. It baffles me how Sangard is still dragging his feet on making him the permanent uh, because he's not going to find a better manager out there. The bounce has gone. Jacko has made his team what it is now. And Mr. Sangard needs to give Johnny the respect and the trust that he has earned. Mike says, hi guys, just a thought, it's a bit long, sorry, I I recently witnessed a management buyout of one of my customers. Before the buyout, the business had performed uh, for some years, uh, underperformed. Immediately after, the upturn was impressive. I know the previous owner, he was a little concerned that the underperforming was perhaps uh, used to oil the buyout. Now it struck me as similar to the massive upturn uh, seen now since JJ's taken over. Seeing Gilby run to JJ after scoring and noting how the players have changed from droppable to indispensable in recent games. I need to uh, I need to spend some time deciding how much of the increase in form is due to JJ's formation and leadership. And if any of the dross we were watching before was players holding back a bit for whatever reason. I'm not implicating JJ in that necessarily, uh, but they are the same players undoubtedly trying much harder. It's undeniable. Could that be on Thomas's mind too? Could this be a doubt and lingering thought in Thomas's mind uh, that the situation has been manipulated by players uh, by holding back uh, Thomas from making uh, JJ permanent. TS uh, must have some ego and I thought in his mind uh, maybe that will concern him. I think I understand what you're saying uh, with, with, with that message there, Mike, but I mean, if that was the case and you know, I don't think we can be sure it was. I mean, clearly the players were underperforming for, for Nigel. Clearly they're performing a lot better for Johnny and whether they, they were doing it, I, I, I think it'd be hard to say they're doing it on purpose because, you know, whereas I thought we were awful under Nigel, it's not like we weren't trying, we were just rubbish. And, and I think if you have got a manager who has turned that around, no matter whether you think it was because of this or that, surely you stick with, you stick with the, the right thing, surely, Nathan. You don't, you don't, I, think, I think we're reading way too much into it there with, with, with what Mike's sort of thinking about yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see where he's coming from. I think that the upturn of it, I think, in my opinion, is the um, is the system change. I think if we think back to how we used to play under Nigel, which it, you know he was his own man and had his own way of his own beliefs and ethos of playing the game, and it was one up top, and we were we were always isolated. There was the gap was too big, and um, I think that one of the one of the positive things since Jacko's coming is that you put two up top, so you've got. You play four four two in this league, you're going to get overrun in the middle of the park. But what he's done, he's got a back three that can shift to a four and put a five across the middle. You know, you've got your wing backs, but then you've also got, you can have Dobbo and, you've got Dobbo and um, uh, Elliot in there and Gilby. And you can go to, you can even drop Connor a little bit and play as a night, like a number 10 and have a box four. So I just think we're a lot more fluid in, in what we're doing. But having two up top, 
I think it's a hundred, in my opinion, a hundred percent one of the better reasons why we're playing now because we're going to have more space and we're going to ask defences more questions. Whereas before, it was a case of get the ball to Jaden or get it out wide and try pick up the pieces, and it just wasn't working. So a lot of that, I think, for me, is is part of the system. Mm. Right, Phil says, Hi, guys. Another good performance from uh, Jacko's Red Army. A lot of opinion uh, it was the best performance, but I've divided as, a, as to whether it was better than Plymouth. I, I think against Plymouth, uh, they gave a little more, which would uh, say that our link-up play and passing has improved since then. Uh, and they showed that against Ipswich. Disappointed uh, that the clip's release of the second goal didn't include Connor's uh, brilliant footwork up and down the left touchline before he passed it to Elliot. Uh, as that was superb, beating numerous challenges before working the space to make it the right pass. I think Cambridge will be another good test on Saturday as they're just coming off a 5-0 win, uh, but will obviously be feeling quite confident uh, and being level on points. They're obviously having a reasonable season to date, probably a bit more uh, of a level points gain rather than our non-start uh, and sudden rush, but three more points would certainly give us a little more hope as to what can be achieved. Good to see the players all wanting to extend contracts as whatever happens, uh, we should have a good core for next season and not just the usual change of about 70% of the team. Sure, we will see Jacko signing a new contract and maybe even a further bounce from that will give us even more uh, momentum. Phil says, thanks as always for the quality podcast you continue to deliver. Uh, always a great listen. Cheers for that. Phil says, rumours are that Jacko is finally going to be given a permanent contract either tomorrow or on Saturday. Further rumours suggest uh, this may only be until the end of the season. Firstly, it's a disgrace that he hasn't been offered it before now. At least three weeks ago, he'd done more than enough to prove his worth. In addition, the ongoing delay only further hampers any potential transfer dealings in the most difficult transfer window. Secondly, if it's only until the end of the season, not only is that disrespectful, but incredibly stupid in terms of the club's future and any stability, not to mention long-term planning. Sangard is risking Jackson leaving us as offers would undoubtedly come in for him. At best, Thomas should decide to offer him a new contract in the summer. Um... And he'd be back to renegotiation and no doubt it will cost him more money. I really hope the rumours of a short-term contract are groundless, but if not, then Sangard has got it horribly wrong. Thomas constantly acknowledges how important the fans are, but it seems rarely pays attention to what the overwhelming majority of us think or want. I do wonder if Sangard listens to or seeks advice from and fear uh, it's Roddy. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Jed is responsible for the addicts of victory post-match too. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got to ask that question, Tom. I saw it came up uh, as a... Uh, a thing after Addicts of Victory being played bang on full time. Uh, I mean, it was quite deafening to the extent that we were doing the, the game on Radio London and we just couldn't hear each other when we were trying to have a conversation at full time. It was that loud. And the argument being, I think it takes away a little bit from the crowd noise at full time. You know, I, I'm not against the song per se. I know some people don't like it. I think it's fine. Just maybe time and a place and maybe and, and a volume and certainly not that volume bang on full time because you want to hear Jacko like raising the roof when he when he waves his arm in the air and, and the crowd will cheer along with that. You want to hear the tunnel jump. You don't want to hear a, a level of music that you can't really hear what you're, what you're thinking. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I know it's going to split opinion, but from all the opinion I've seen, there's certainly a, a, a lot of people leaning towards the same thing. I know there's a, a fans forum meeting coming up. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow, but I know that the question's going to be raised there as well. And Look, we spoke about the song when he first released it and whether you like it or not is a different question. But if you listen to it, it's all talking about a, a war and a battle cry and stuff. And for me, that's to get people up pre-game. It's, it's not about it after the game. And it seems slightly egotistical that, that Thomas, I imagine, has requested it to be played at full time if we win. Um, I'm like you. I like the sound of the crowd. I don't mind a bit of background music, but you want to hear the crowd. You want to, as you say, clap the players off and and hear all of that atmosphere because that's for me 
you know, that's a, a very special moment at the end of the game. So, yeah, I don't get it. It, it. If anything, it was way too loud, as you said, even if that is the song that's going to be played. But Thomas does listen to the fans, or has, and I hope on that on that he does listen and, as I say, maybe lets his ego take the hit and realises that, you know, we're not a marketing tool for his band. We're a football team primarily and... Yeah, that's not really the time to be mm. to be hearing it, in my yeah. opinion. I've always said that the, the Valley, for the five minutes after full-time, after a home win, is one of the most special places to be, obviously, as, as a Charlton fan. I always love that that five minutes. So, you know, just just, just hope it get, we get it right. Right, Alan says, embarrassing that Sangard hasn't announced Jacko yet. What is the hold-up? He took too long to get rid of Nigel Adkins, and now this. No one is going to come in and do a better job. The results have been unbelievable. It seems uh, it always has to be about Mr. Sangard's ego. Uh, come on, you addicts. That's from Alan. Cheers, Alan. And then finally, Reg says, so I thought I'd change tactics uh, and that tweet by not repeatedly tweeting Johnny Jackson, our manager, that's it, that's the tweet, uh, that Thomas might change strategy himself and give him the contract. But no, apparently rebranding the women's team is more important. Holy mother of God, I am and will forever be grateful for Thomas uh, for saving the club from the pound shop charlatans. Uh, and his enthusiasm is both genuine and palpable, but sometimes he comes across as the David Brent of football ownership. Meanwhile, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ipswich Town Board were tapping Johnny up after being on the end of that performance. Thomas, you really have one simple job to do, sign him up. Uh, yeah, Reg mentioned there, and I, it, it was always going to come up this week, uh, the changing of the name of the women's team. Not the most important thing in the entire world. I get that. I think some people are jumping on anyone even thinking about it as if they're trying to make out it is the most important thing. I don't think anyone's making out it's the most important thing in the world. If someone has an opinion on it, though, it doesn't mean they're not not allowed to just because you don't want to hear it. If you don't want to hear it, then don't talk about it. But, you know, Reg has has raised it there in his message. Um, it's, It's been going on. It's been around for months, actually, this news. It's sort of one of those ones that we've been aware of and just hoping it would just get sorted out behind the scenes and, and sense would be seen. But the, the changing of the name from women's to ladies, it's a bit regressive. Uh, Tom, it's not, it's not the standard, um, the standard sort of way of, of describing your, your women's team nowadays. It's not the industry standard. Any team that there are still teams out there called ladies, but any teams that have made the change have gone from ladies to women is considered the more sort of modern way of thinking about it. Um, yeah, can't get can't get my head around why once Thomas has been told from numerous directions that it's a bad idea, that he still seems eager to go ahead with it. That's the thing that concerns me because, you know, as we saw in the Telegraph story and as I've been hearing for a fair bit longer, the players don't want it. The manager doesn't want it. It is regressive. It is a little bit condescending. I think that's the way it's seen. I, I can't understand why it's still happening. It's completely unnecessary and it's just like a magnet for criticism that doesn't need to happen. Yeah, there's not much more I can add to that, I don't think, because I agree. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on on the wording and the language and what's appropriate and what isn't. Uh, And obviously that changes over time. But as you say, from everything that I have read and tried to educate myself on, the understanding is that the reason people are against this is because of that regressive nature of the term. Um, and who am I to to say otherwise to that? You know, if the players are coming out and saying that, if the manager is, if people far more educated on that sort of thing are coming out and saying that, as you say, then the question is, well, why are you persevering with it? Because if he went into it slightly ignorant and said, look, I want to change it because that's what the club was back in the day and that's our heritage or whatever, fair enough. But as soon as somebody points out those things, Again, you want him to listen. And as I say, he has listened in the past. So it's another thing I expect to come up at that fans forum meeting. 
again whether it will it will have any impact i don't know but that uh that the the song that and jacko's contract are all things that to my mind seem relatively straightforward for an owner who listens to his fans and listens to his his market to to make changes for but whether he will or not we'll have to wait and see again i i can't the thing i come back to is is why do it if if you've got that much opposition from people who are probably more educated in what they're talking about than you are, I don't quite understand why you'd continue. But mm. as I say, maybe we'll get some answers out of him in the next couple of days on, on all of those, hopefully. Yeah, the uh, Charlton uh, Supporters Trust have come out against the the name change as well. They've got you know a, a piece on their website that, that sort of explains it a bit better. I mean, it's not easy for us as free blokes, you know, and who never played women's football, um, to, to go in and, and say why it's wrong. But... You know that there are there is a decent explanation on that, and also like even even without being able to give 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 a point of view ourselves, it's just been known for years that that's not the direction the club that the clubs are going in. So it just seems very strange to 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 want to stand out in in that one, and like I say, attract completely unnecessary criticism for no obvious gain. I've never really understood that. So yeah, check out the, the trust website if you want to read a bit more about it, uh, and you know look at the fact that the Man United women's manager. Uh, or former women's managers come out and said it now. You know, this is just a long thing. But we're not going to get too bogged down in it because I'm sure uh, hopefully sense will prevail at some point. I want to talk about the cup draw, actually, uh, Nathan. Now, let's hear Johnny Jackson's reaction to the cup draw first. We've been drawn, uh, of course, at home against Premier League Norwich City. Really good draw. Um, yeah, opportunity for us to test ourselves against, uh, you know, first-class opposition. Um, yeah, really good test for us. We'll be looking forward to that. We'll be giving it a right go. Obviously, they'll be a favourite because we'll be the underdogs, but... Um, it's a test that I'm really looking forward to. I know the players will be well up for that. Uh, Nathan, I feel like I'm a bit an outlier, and as I'm, I'm completely unimpressed by this cup draw. It, it maybe if, if, if that if we were the first two teams out, and I, um, we got Norwich City at home, a Premier League team, you know, in all but name, but they are a Premier League team at the moment, and it hadn't been down to the last four balls, and we had a chance to give Arsenal, and maybe I'd feel differently about it. But I don't know. I, I'm. I'm not overly infused, but I guess it is a winnable cup tie against the Premier League side, and Jack obviously seems up for it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, was, like, I, I know I can understand why it's just, some people are underwhelmed, and to be honest, if it if we were away, then I would have been a bit like, oh, you know, it's a bit of a pain, you know, but because it's a home game, I don't mind. Like the only, I, I, I just wanted one of the big guns really away from home, and if if we didn't, we got a good Premiership team at home. That would have been. That would have been ideal, which we've got. Um, at least we didn't get a Reading or an MK Dons or something. So yeah, but we ba- we basically got like well, we basically have got a Reading who just happens to be in the Premier League at the moment. <laughs> if we're but, being honest, but I think I think the thing is the good thing is about it is I mean Ding Smith's coming and he's doing all right, but they're still they're, you know they're on a run of form. They do you know they're doing all right since he's been there, and I'll be a, I'll be surprised if he plays a foolish you know a full strength side out there. So we could look at it that way that we. It's not, you know, out of our hands. I think we'll give them a good game at home, um, and I think there's any po- every possibility um, that we could go through if, you know, if we, you know, if we get the rubber to green and stuff like you need to, um, and then we'll probably get Huddersfield away on the fourth round probably. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean to be fair, I know I can see why it's underwhelming, but we are, you know, we are League One. We're not exactly a, a top Premiership team, and we can dictate, but. Like yeah, if it was if it, if we were away to Norwich, I'd have I'd been a bit more underwhelmed. But home, you know, yeah, they're they're a lower league sort of Premier League team, but we've got a chance to win it. And then because if we got Man City, I mean, it's, it's very unlikely we were going to win that game because what if they played their first or second team? Mm-hmm. But 
um, at least we're at home. Yeah, I wish it was Arsenal though, just because obviously for Jacko it would have been great uh, as the team he supports. But also, it's just knowing Arsenal this year, they they could have had one of their off days and we could have beaten them. But there we go. Right, let's have a look ahead to to Cambridge. I've left this way too late in the show actually, but we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about Cam- the Cambridge side themselves. Obviously, coming back off that that five 0 win against Cheltenham uh, in, in midweek, they'll they'll be pleased with that three wins in a row in all competitions because they they beat Exeter in the cup. Uh, very late on, uh, sounds like they got a bit of a rub of the green in that one, and uh, you know, football league trophy win over over Walsall. But uh, as was mentioned before, they've got a very similar uh, record to us. They're on the same uh, same amount of points. In fact, they're on just one more point than us. Um, but we're on the up, and th- this will ultimately look be looked at a game that we should be winning at home, Tom. Yeah, when I was growing up in Cambridge, I never thought I'd see the day that we were playing them. But what part of uh, Wales is Cambridge in now? <laughs> yeah. I'm so- Similar part to uh, to Ipswich, yeah. actually. So, uh, yeah, but uh, here we are, and yeah, they they're here on merit. Um, and as you say, they're they're doing quite well this year. They're obviously, as you just said, on a good run, score a lot of goals, don't they? I know uh, Ironside got a hat trick the other night, and he's on, I think, eleven for the season. I think Smith's in double figures as well. Um, so they bring goals to the to the table. Um, so I think it's going to be an entertaining game for sure, and another team in good form and another big test for us. But as Jacko said it is in his presser, if if we go there and we do the right things, then there's no reason that we shouldn't win this game. Mm. And we're on good form as well. It's going to be another bumper crowd at the Valley. We've made that place pretty tough to, to go to recently. So, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah, I mean, the manager, Mark Bonner, certainly shouldn't have any trouble getting his players up for it, should he, Nath? No, no, and they'll, I think they'll be a, a decent side. Obviously, you've got the old Cholton, the ex youth Cholton goalie there, aren't you? Dimitar, who's coming back, and um, they've got some good players. You know, like Tom said, Joe and Ironside got a hat trick. Got Jensen Weir, the son of David, the famous centre half at Everton, Scottish one. He's a good player, loan from Brighton. So they got a good squad. They got a good squad, and ch- let's, let's have it right. Cheltenham are a good team. They've, I know we weren't, you know, at our best when we played Cheltenham. Let's, but, you know, they cause us a lot of problems and good sides. Beat them 5-0. It's no uh, mean feat. So, going to be tough. But um, I think if we if we can go to, sort of to a similar level like we were on Tuesday, I think we should win. Excellent stuff. Right then, let's hear Johnny Jackson's views ahead of the game. Well, hopefully there's goals, but only on one side. Yeah, we don't. Uh, they have got goals in them. They scored five in the week, didn't they? And uh, they are a capable team. They're definitely a capable team. Done, done our homework on them. And we know, as, as with everyone, that they'll pose threats. Um, but my team's in a really good place, really good place. Really pleased with with how it's been going, and the boys are not there, you know they're buzzing. They can't wait to, to, to play again, especially uh, especially at the valley. So we'll be up for it if we if we turn up like we did uh, on Tuesday night. You know Cambridge uh, Cambridge will be up against it, but we have to make sure that uh, that we match those levels again. And injury concerns coming into the game. Nothing from Tuesday, but it's still okay after Tuesday. It's good to see Jason back. He, no adverse reaction to, to his first game back up. No, Pierce is good. Obviously, there's some tired legs amongst them. Just, I mean, the, the effort that they're putting in—that's only natural. Uh, be a quick turnaround, so we just have to—we have to look at that and uh, think about how we can freshen it up if if we're going to freshen it up. And uh, yeah, but no injury concerns. Everyone came through the game fine. You got some good to see Ryan in his back uh, out on the grass. We've got January transfer window coming up, but then you've also got players like uh, Ryan, Jake, potentially. That sort of time frame as well, maybe sound a bit longer, but it's almost like a new signing. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant that Big Ryan's out on the grass. He's, he's, he's training fully now, so uh, we'll step him up next week. Maybe possibly look at getting him some minutes in, in the 23s game just to get him up to speed because he's been out a long time. So 
we have to manage that one really carefully. But we're really pleased that he's that he's back. It's um, going well. Jake's back outside doing running and uh, moving well and looking good. So hopefully before too long we can have him him back. And, uh, and Adam Matthews obviously is close to return. Uh, Sam Lavelle a bit longer term, but he um, he's progressing nicely as well. So yeah, it's all coming together. What sort of side are we putting out then? I mean, I get, I'm guessing, I can't remember any injuries coming up during the week, so no changes really for me, as long as everyone feels like they're fighting fit. Um, can, is, is there anything you desperately want to see change? Why would you change anything, I guess, Tom? Uh, I wouldn't think so. The only potential one may be Jonathan Lecco starting instead of, of uh, DJ. Um, uh, the only reason would be tiredness and, and changing things around, really. Um, as you say, there's no reason to change it unless players are tired or unless there's a little niggle somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I'd prefer if we can to just keep that that same lineup. Hopefully, um, but if there is any tiredness again, because of the nature of the season and the point of the season we're at with games coming thick and fast, don't take a risk with a player because you don't want them to get something more severe. So if there is a any sort of fatigue or even little niggle, I, I prefer that we bring somebody else yeah. in. I agree with you. 11 changes uh, for me. Right, we just had a tweet coming from Stu. It says, great team performance against it, which we were very solid and secure defensively. And Gilby uh, was superb as were the whole team. Thanks for that, Stu. And we will end the show on that. Right, uh, thanks for everyone uh, who's got in contact with the show then uh, this week. Thanks for all your tweets uh, and your emails. Thank you, Nathan, Tom. Good to speak to you both. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Cheers for coming on. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at the game against Cambridge. Let's hope it's another three points in front of a packed valley. We'll see you later. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 